This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Did you have a good birthday yesterday? Did you have a good day? Uh, you know, I did. Good. I did. And I, I can't, I mean, being 100% honest with you, um, I really appreciated the texters yesterday. I had fun with them and, you know, kind of had an up and down stretch in my life. And uh, I was really appreciative of everybody yesterday. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Yeah, it's always, it's, 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 yeah, Matt, it's I had nice a lot of, to hear from folks. I had, lo- had a lot of fun with you too and with those guys as well. So Good. I appreciate it. And you got a calf named after you? I, I got mean, a calf named after me. <laughs> what? I mean, how cool who, is that? Who has that, right? I mean, yeah. does Jeff Haxton have that? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know if Hax does or not. No, but I mean, I well, know, Chuck had a, I don't, was going to get a, no, a you were going to get a rooster, and then you got a, 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 a pig, right? A pig, or, yeah, a pig, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I was going to have a rooster. <laughs> Cluck Hines. Hines. Yep. I don't know that that's very... Uh, you know, I don't know if that was, you know, very, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, I don't know if that was meant in a good way or not. <laughs> it's a compliment. <laughs> compliment. I don't know. Thank you. Compliment's the word I'm looking for. Well, so, you know what they say, Chuck. Yeah. If uh, they're making, if they are paying an homage to you, that is a, a compliment. Whether That's right. Sure. That's sure. Right. Sure. They're yeah. talking about me, right? That's right. You're listening to me. I sound like Sneed. <laughs> You're listening to me. Well, it's only fitting since he was the one who was calling it Clock Hines. Right, right, right. Uh, so, uh, Coach uh, Tim Tadlock met with the media yesterday. And uh, and others and uh, announced the starting rotation for the weekend. Probably more is made of this than should be, but I think it's always interesting to see who's who's going to be the opening day pitcher and the opening day weekend uh, pitchers and things like that. No matter what the level is, but uh, what what was your take on the on the three that he's going to roll out there to begin things with? Yeah, um, I, I think it's it's interesting because um, you're it. As I've said to you guys before, don't be surprised by anybody, okay? Because Coach Tadlock, Coach Hayward, Coach Gardner, we've seen over the years, a lot of times you don't use your best pitcher on Friday night, mm-hmm. and sometimes you don't use your best pitchers as starters. You use them as swing guys out of the bullpen that can pitch twice in a weekend and once in the midweek, too, um, for a couple innings at a time. So uh, you don't see Brendan Gurton on that list and I absolutely think Brendan Gurton is one of the best pitchers and so um, we just heard Coach Tadlock talking there uh, during the Red Raider Daily Update about the fact that he feels like they have six guys and um, you know he talked about you know it's uh, getting guys to understand that um, you gotta what's best for the team and so I mean you would understand pitchers right man I want to go pitch give me the ball sure. and I'll take it in the first and I'll give it back to you when we're done that's what they think right that's what they want especially starting pitchers <clears throat> right and so uh you know that's just the thing um if if you've got six guys that are good enough to start they probably want to start <laughs> right but you don't usually play six games a week mm-hmm. so you've got to get guys to buy into uh, okay I'm going to come out of the bullpen here and I'm going to be really good doing that so um Gurton is not in there and I don't think you should read into man Brendan must not be pitching well or anything and I don't think you should read it that way at all okay, okay? So Kyle Robinson is starting on Friday. Not surprised. You looked at Robinson last year as a freshman, and you said 
that guy's got big league potential. He's got big league size, all the above. I know that they felt like they got a steal. Uh, he's a kid from Virginia when they got him. And so I, I'm not surprised to see Robinson be the Friday guy. How big a kid is he? I mean, like, is he like 6'2", 6'3"? Uh, he's probably six, three or four, maybe. Okay. Yeah, okay. he's a big kid. Looks like a guy coming out, right? Gets off the bus. Yeah, he's know. a dude. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Mason Molina on Saturday. No surprise there. Uh, he was your best pitcher at the end of last season. Came on really strong. And um, and he was, for the most part, a starter almost, cause almost the entire season. But there was a stretch where they moved him to the bullpen and he kind of got himself right and then went back into the rotation. And then Bo Blessy's been, I mean, from all accounts, the big surprise of the offseason. Blessy is a transfer. Blessy is a transfer. Um, we got talking about cows, and I called him Bessie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Bo's a guy who's had an uptick in his in his stuff and uh, with his velocity and everything else just kind of feels like it's clicking for him this year and and it's great to see him in that Sunday spot now remember you have four games this weekend you have four games next weekend so uh looks like coach Tadlock did not mention the Monday guy yet and it'll yeah. be interesting to see who that is and as the weekend goes along you'll be able to figure it out to see which of those you know, those guys that you thought had a chance, like Gurdon or like freshman Zane Petty, mm-hmm. um, which of those guys don't get used. And then you think, oh, okay, well, they'll probably get the spot on the start on Thursday. Okay. Or so, Monday, excuse me, not Thursday. And, you know, with these with these starters, I guess, you know, with, you know, just the first weekend and things like that, <clears throat> I don't know if it's a pitch count or if it's depending on what the weather's like or how long the innings are, but. I mean, you're going to use a lot of pitchers over the course of the three days. If there's the one thing that you're going to see this weekend is a lot of different players. Yeah. Both position players and pitchers. And yes, you're absolutely right. Early on in the season, they're not going to give them the ball and expect to take it back in the ninth. Any of these guys have uh, anointed, appointed, or nicknames that you're uh, looking forward to calling them? Um, I like uh, I like uh, Bo Blessy. Just call him Bessie. No, no, it's no, not good. <laughs> no. It wouldn't be good. No. Probably. Yeah. It's also pretty skinny. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, there you go. Yeah. Um. Not that I can think of. Man. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. It's not like uh, Cameron Valdez, yeah. who we're calling yeah. Exxon now. And Robinson, right? by the way, is six six. Six six. So he's taller even than six four. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's an imposing figure when you. Yeah, he looks kind of, the part of a big league pitcher. When you're kind of coming at him from the looking at him from the batter's box, I'm like, oh man, yeah, this, this guy looks like he's a real deal here. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Uh, somebody asked a question. That's it's a good question. How good is Gonzaga's uh, baseball team? No, they were really good. I mean, they were good again last year. It's a program that's had a a ton of success mm-hmm. uh, as far as being in the postseason a bunch. Um, almost got out of a regional. Not last year, but the year before, um, you know, it seems like they they win their conference every every year or or a bunch. Um, but they're they're good. I, I mean, if I think me personally, Coach Tadlock probably disagree with me. But if you win three out of four this weekend, I think you'll be happy. I think you'll feel like yeah, that's a good team we beat, and mm-hmm. and we came away with a series win. Now he wants four. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, as yeah. he should. Right. Sure. As he should. Yeah. How often do you think he? Uh, like, if you were to kind of take a snapshot of this show. Like no, if, you, if you ask Coach Tadlock, he say, I want one. I want Friday. I want Friday, right. And then ask me again Saturday. I want Saturday. Yeah. Well, what I was going to ask you is, you know, what he said probably disagree with me. I just wondered how many times that he w- would agree with you if he kind of took a snapshot of this show. 
Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I mean, not very often. I mean, better than sixty percent of the time. Do you think? I mean, the one time he told me he was listening to the show, he told me he had to turn me off because he <laughs> thought I was <laughs> had to switch it over to some music because you were talking crazy. He said <laughs> <laughs> talking crazy. You could probably make the argument that the only thing that Tadlock wow. has heard on this show that he agreed with mm-hmm. is that Chuck and I like coffee. He definitely likes coffee, too. Yeah, he likes himself yeah. a good cup right, of Joe. Right, but that might be the extent of the conversation that he mm. would agree with of what we have no, said. I think that mm-hmm. I think he'd probably... Yeah. I think he'd probably go, yeah, I, you know, I think he'd probably go... I wouldn't eh, guess... Kind of cock talk. his head and go, eh, I could probably see that. Yeah, I wouldn't guess talk radio is his cup of tea. You don't think so? I wouldn't think so. I could okay. be totally wrong. Okay. I don't think we have He's never told me... I really agreed with what you said this morning. <laughs> never maybe, once. Maybe he's just not a morning guy. <laughs> maybe he's got other things he's he's doing in the morning. <laughs> Something along. I just he never really. You know, come to think of it, it, I mean, it's very rare when somebody says to me, <clears throat> "And I really, I really agree with what you were talking about this morning." <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's that's a. Even when I even when I get home, that's usually not a. Boy, you know, man, you were just what were you thinking this morning? Kind of thing usually, as opposed to yeah, I really agreed with that. Yeah, see, I don't get that from the family. That's good. You know, I I get enough. You get enough <laughs> enough complaints. Sure, I don't need them. Sure. Their complaints too. Did you uh, you got to tell them goodbye tomorrow? Like for the next uh, three months or so. Man. Yeah, a lot of home games though. The missus probably one's, like, "What's going on with this?" One's heading out of town for tennis today. The other's heading out of town for track tomorrow. I mean, they won't even miss me. You're at baseball, and <laughs> your wife's like, "Woohoo! I can, I can do what I want in this house." This She's weekend. driving back and forth between Andrews and Midland, oh, trying to take in as many as she can. Man, well, that's a that's a that's yeah. a that's a good sight, right? Between those two cities. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Today is February the 16th, 2023. Here is Jeff McGuire with today's version of this day in sports history. Uh, as I have stated uh, earlier this year, I'm no longer calling them the drunken sports writers for baseball. Okay. They're the teetotalers because drunken sports writers would like a party. The teetotalers are the ones that don't like parties, and they're the ones in 1950 on this day that decided not to have a Hall of Fame induction because they didn't vote anybody in. Okay. Sad. 1953, Ted Williams safely crash lands his damaged Panther jet. Later, he would be awarded the Air Medal. 1972, Wilt Chamberlain of the Los Angeles Lakers becomes the first player in NBA history to reach the career 30,000-point mark during a 110-109 loss to the Phoenix Suns. 1984, Bill Johnson becomes the first American to win an Olympic downhill skiing gold medal at the Sarajevo Games. He beats Swiss Peter Mueller by point. Two seven seconds. That was really really cool. I remember when he did that. You know, just an American skier winning a gold medal. That was that was fun. Nineteen eighty nine. Dodgers pitcher Oral Hershiser signs a seven point nine three million dollar uh, three year contract. 
I'm going to say that so it makes more sense now. Sure, thank a you. A 7.9 three, uh, three-year contract. 7.9 million three-year contract. Over three years. Chump change. Today, yeah. He would make three times that each season now. Based on his numbers from Based the on his numbers. 88 and 89 season, yeah. If not more than three times that mm-hmm. for his 88 season. 1991 U.S. Fe- female figure skating championship is won by Tanya Harding. Okay. <laughs> Feels like there's more to that story, huh? Yeah, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> it does. If only there had been a documentary about it. Yeah, well, I mean, just kind of. Or, you know, like some court cases we could follow to figure out what happened there. All right. 1999 O.J. Simpson. His 1968 Heisman Trophy is sold for $230,000 to help settle a $33.5 million civil judgment against Simpson for the death of his ex-wife and her friend. And in 2014, American Bodie Miller becomes the oldest medalist in Olympic alpine skiing history when he ties for bronze in the Super G in Sochi. It is National Almond Day. Mm, mm. Huge fan. I'm completely out, right? Happy birthday, Elizabeth Olsen's 34. Ice T is 65. Ice T. Big fan? Yeah, I like Ice T, yeah. Okay. I loved him in those commercials. Mm-hmm. Christopher Eccleson, 59. The Weekend is 33. The Weekend. I just never really understood that guy, but maybe it's really <laughs> There's just... a lot of entertainers I don't. <laughs> right. And Jerome Bettis is 51 today. Mm-hmm. And while we could talk about the opening of King Tut's tomb, I decided instead to talk about in 1968. Because we see the very first official 911 call placed in the United States. It's now taken for granted as the first course of action in the event of emergency by nearly all of the nation's 327 million people. 911 is a relatively recent invention and was not a standard across the United States for many years after its adoption by Congress. Hmm. In 87, 50% of the nation was using the system. Canada chose to adopt the same number for its emergency calls, and 98% of the U.S. and Canada can now contact emergency services by dialing 911. You're uh, in another country. You may need to dial 999. That's the British colony's number. Uh, 112 is used in Russia, Brazil, and other nations, even sometimes routing to the same services as 911 in the U.S. And it was AT&T that suggested 911. Was there a reason for that? It was an easy number to remember. Okay, I got that. And if you are to talk to some people from Britain or the British Isles where they use 999, <coughs> the chances of you accidentally dialing 911 are grassly, uh, greatly reduced than dialing 999. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that's good thinking, um, Jeff. So, plus, it's, plus if, if you go back to the day when you had to actually dial it. Yeah, it was you know, one big long one, one and short, 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 yeah, to, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's this day in sports history. Okay. Did you ever have a rotary phone at your house? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and we did. Uh, we did as well. Jeff, you have a rotary phone. Do you remember growing up having a rotary phone? We didn't. My grandparents did. Okay. So I've used a rotary phone. Okay. It's funny when we were, moved from one suburb to the other, and we got uh, push button phones. I think is what we called it. You know, 
I was thinking, okay, now I can get in on the trivia and win uh, prizes from the sports from when they did sports talk radio. Mm-hmm. They weren't there wasn't a full time sports talk station. It was just you know, you know, in the evening or late afternoon, blah blah blah. Um, but I thought now I can now I can get in faster. But what I didn't realize is everybody, everybody else could too. Everybody else could too. <laughs> uh, my great grandmother on my mom's side, her my her dad's mom had a rotary phone so long mm-hmm. the phone company came out and gave her a touch tone phone to take away her rotary line because it was cheaper for them to get rid of that line and right. give her the touch tone <laughs> phone than keep her on the rotary phone. <laughs> I have a feeling the uh, newspaper here in town will do that with me someday. They'll be like, hey, we're we're tired of sending one guy out to your neighborhood to just deliver your paper. And you're constantly complaining because it comes early on Christmas. <laughs> well, I, I don't look, I don't have a problem with them not delivering on Christmas Day. Just don't put the date line December 25th and deliver it on December 24th. I don't think that's unreasonable. Just call it the Christmas edition. Is it too much? I'm worried about too much. It's just like you're outraged about something that's just not worth being outraged about. Yeah. I always did find it ironic, though, that you could buy the Sunday paper on Saturday. Because the Sunday paper had all the coupons in it. Right. And all the stuff for you to go shopping with. Right. Uh, this, you remember when the phone cord was 50 feet long so you could have a, pri- quote, private conversation. Yeah. And then it would get, like, all tangled up. You know, it would be like, and then you'd have to put the receiver down and hold it up above your head so that it could unwind, you know. I think they're talking about the cord from the wall to the phone, not the yeah. phone to the receiver. So that you could walk around your room. Um. No, ours was on the wall. Ours I was, on, I was ours, like Chuck's. Ours was like Chuck's. Yeah, the, the, the cord was really long. So, um, yeah, we went around the corner from the kitchen into the next room, and then onto the stairs. That's where I'd sit. Yeah, and talking to your girlfriend, whoever. whoever it was that was bothering me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine you spend a whole lot of time on the phone. Uh, more time as a kid than yeah. as an adult. As that's an for adult, certain. Yeah. 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 And then we got the nine-channel cordless phone. And then we always had to find the thing because somebody didn't put it back on the charger. Mm. Mm. Just like the remote. Just like the remote. Why right. can't people put the remote back, Chuck? I don't know. Do you have like a little sticky thing on your... No, I do uh, not. Okay. I just have a little frustration itch. <laughs> There's nothing worse than going to turn on the TV and... What, where's the remote? Where's the remote, right? And it's like in one of the couch cushions or whatever. Sure, it's, sure. It's in the kitchen. Right. So and you picked like, it up and took it across the house, right? What are we right? doing, man? What, 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 when you shut the TV off, put the remote right back next to the TV. <laughs> Why is it that difficult? You've lived in this house long enough to know that, right? Oh, man. They just they need to be more cooperative for you. It's funny. In the basement, uh-huh. Jamie's space, yeah. they know. They know. Okay, it goes back. <laughs> It's okay. it's always where I tell them it has to be. In the living room, I mean, that thing may be, who knows? A dog dish for all we know. <laughs> dog dish. <laughs> uh, if you have a thought, comment, uh, reaction, hit us up on the Yates Flooring Center channel line. Go to doubleteam973.com for that or the mobile app. Big upset in college basketball last night. Number 10, Tennessee, with a win over number one, Alabama. 
68.59. So they won't be number one much longer. Mm, that Rick deal. Barnes guy, he's still a pretty good coach. He's doing uh, doing good things there at Tennessee. Yeah, he is. So I don't think he'll ever go back to Texas, but I think they look at that and go, eh. But I think both sides are like ready for ready for fresh grass. Mm-hmm. So it's probably one of those things that turned out well for Tennessee. It didn't quite turn out like Texas wanted it to. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Man, Parker has been here every day. <laughs> Parker was here yesterday when I left playing catch with Brian Klein. Josh has been here. Jace has been here. Noisy's been here. Um, Braxton's been here. Um, I haven't seen Kurt as much. Kurt was supposed to come in town one weekend. We're all really looking forward to seeing him. He didn't get to come. Easton Merle's been back. Uh, Stillwell's been back. Love those guys. Those guys did, you know, great things for our program. They're great teammates, great examples for young guys. And uh, our team, obviously, the guys that played with them are – really close to them they stay in communication with them our staff does and uh you know but it really excited for the ones that got a chance to go play uh you know Klein's going to play in Cleaver independent ball uh I was just telling Don you know Klein was out here hitting the other day with all those guys that are in affiliations and he's backspinning balls in the bullpen against the wind and you're going man hey like this kid probably probably hit nothing else and so um but as far as like seeing them our umpire locker room became the alumni locker room this this fall so probably got a little cleaning to do by friday that's uh texas tech uh, baseball coach tim tadlock basically naming off guys that uh used to be here man you know that might be something to think about and i know that they've they're working on renovations and just trying to get the the current players locker room settled for uh for the coming year and the renovations that are taking place but yeah, you start listing off all those names you may need a baseball alumni locker room for them to work out i i could be wrong but i thought i heard there was space for those guys i don't know if it was a full and room moving or, forward yes okay yeah cool. in the new place that they cool. were they were they were building that in similar to what other schools have done you know, and if you're wanting to promote to them to come back and, hey, you're mm-hmm. always welcome and all that, you have a place. Um, yeah, that's that's what you you want those guys to do that. Absolutely. You want those guys hanging around your players mm-hmm. and and uh, those guys learning from them and having relationships and, and all that good stuff. So uh, any way you can do it to make it easier. I'll tell you, on Saturday it was funny. Um, they scrimmaged on Saturday, and Saturday scrimmage and – and you're kind of like, okay, who's catching today? Because, you know, we've talked about you've got three or four that you feel pretty confident in. And, you know, the first guy rolls out there. And, and I, if I remember correctly, it was Hudson White in the top of the first. And the bottom of the first rolls out there and like, hey, this guy's a little bit bigger. <laughs> and, then, and then somebody runs on him. And it was Braxton Fulford, okay? And uh, he threw a BB down to second and threw the guy out by half a step or like – yeah, that guy's pretty good. <laughs> that guy's pretty good. And I was just like, you know, if you're one of the current players and, hey, man, I just I just roped one through the left side for a single. I'm, you know, I'm feeling frisky, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you know, Braxton's back there. I think I'd probably feel a little bit less frisky. Sure. Yeah. Do, do you think, just because I heard him mention Brian Klein just 
And by the way, Braxton had a a great season. I mean, that dude looks like he's he's really adjusted well to pro ball and and is is heading in the right direction. Where he potentially yeah, could be, get a, be call a big up. leaguer. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Brian Klein, just hearing his name, do you think he's a guy that's a, a coach someday? Yes, absolutely. No, no question about it. No question. I mean, Brian just you know we've talked about this before with Major League Baseball. They they don't they don't want they don't want singles hitters and doubles hitters. They want you know guys that hit the ball out of the ballpark. And you know Brian is a great hitter. Was a great college hitter. Did a lot of things, but he's not an elite athlete with his speed, and he's not a power guy. And so guys like that don't even even though they may hit well in the minor leagues, they don't you know usually ascend unless they they've got mm-hmm. a big bat or mm-hmm. they've got a, an elite skill like speed or something like that. Brian doesn't great great college baseball player. I mean, we all loved his 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 effort and his hustle and how many clutch hits he came up with. Remember one year he led the country and sacrifice flies. He just did whatever you needed him to do well, and won a- so many games for you. But he's just not the kind of player that the big leagues want. I just remember him as being a guy that could just work a pitcher. I mean, they would just, you know, foul off pitch after pitch after pitch after pitch. And then, you know, he may pop up or he may ground out, but the guy's thrown like 27 pitches. And then the next guy up, you know, because he's worked him so hard, who was maybe just a little bit better hitter, could jack one out or, you know, get one, bounce one off the wall or whatever. And he's just like, yeah, the reason you're able to do that is because what Brian Klein just did, but he doesn't get any credit for that. That's kind of the way it is. Yeah. But he was a guy. Yeah, Gabe Holt's another great example, who's another former Red Raider that was a great hitter. And and I found out this past weekend that Gabe's in now an independent ball. And again, not a power guy. I mean, he can hit. You know, not a power guy. And Gabe always struggled with there was really no no natural position for Gabe. Yeah. But those were those would be two guys that in the eighties would have ten year major league baseball careers. Maybe. You know, they'd be the twenty fifth man on the roster, they'd be that utility player, they'd be that yeah. guy that could play any position basically, but you know, maybe you need a hit or you need mm-hmm. somebody to, you know, pinch run or whatever, but just be that guy on the bench like, hey, He's here for a lot of different reasons. He may not be the the 25th best guy, but he's the best guy for us because he he fits a role. So yeah. anyway, that's it was just a thought on uh, mm-hmm. on him. But it's fun to hear all those, those oh, about yeah, all those absolutely. guys all those guys being there and I think it's great for the current team to to be around those guys. All right, here is coach uh, Tim Tadlock. He was asked yesterday about uh, players on his current team that had a good offseason. Hudson White, I think, really went out and had a really good summer. The USA team um, played some in Santa Barbara there at the end, and played some infield there, uh, which that's what he was before he got here. Um, and so I think it'd be him and um, knock on wood, Bo Blessy. I mean, Bo Blessy um, wasn't our 30 man last year very often. wasn't even really uh, thought very often out of the bullpen. And you're talking about a guy that right now we're you're really looking at him the same way we're looking at Birdie last year, and you're going, hey, power arm, uh, above average stuff, uh, experience, how you keep him healthy, and we really just think, you know, uh, again, like running him out there one time a week. Now we could change that next week, literally, like 
we have reserved the right with our guys to understand like hey they, we don't have a guy that's uh been there and done it like birdie and those guys and or davis martin or Dusek or any of those guys shatter and you know those guys had some skins on the wall and so um we do want to be open about the conversation of hey like let's put the staff together the best way we can that's uh, coach tim tadlock man it's good to hear his voice you know, absolutely it's good to, it's good to hear his voice mm-hmm. right. my favorite part of that clip he mentions Shedder, but he also has he had to do uh Dushek first because it's like you can't split those two up. Yeah. It was Dushetter. That's well, who it, they were one dude. There's also some irony in that and that Shedder hated to start. And he was so much better coming out of the bullpen. So he was never a guy that was like you know, okay, you, you get the ball every five days as a starter or whatever. He was yeah. he was he was a guy that came in after he was at his best when he was coming in out of the out of the bullpen. But um I think it's uh, I think that's really excited optimism about the Bo Blessy thing because he has made such a jump in so many areas, and you even heard it in Coach Tadlock's voice. You know, would he say knock on wood or whatever yeah. mm-hmm. um, that he thinks he can be a, a a big time, you know, almost addition because he really wasn't much for you last year. So what changed for him? Do you think was it his off season workouts, conditioning, just? I don't have body the matured a little bit. I don't. I don't have the answer. I don't know if he just started working harder. I don't know if he got healthier. Um, I don't know if he got more confident, uh, trusted his stuff more. I don't know. But but it's it's exciting to hear. You know, you love to see guys who you know continue to get better. Sure, right? we're all allowed right. to get better. We are. Apparently, yeah. Bo Blessy has. <laughs> he, maybe he's a listener of the show and heard Jamie say repeatedly, you're allowed to get better. You're allowed to get better. And he said to himself, hey, I'm allowed to get better. I'm allowed mm-hmm. to get better. Mm-hmm. All right, 724 this morning here on the morning drive. We'll have Tech Baseball on the air for you tomorrow. 1230, the broadcast time. You'll hear it on Double T 97.3 and on 100.7, the score. We will have the Lubbock Cooper game straight up at 4 o'clock for you tomorrow afternoon as they take on El Paso Chapin, and we'll have uh, Tech Baseball continuing on uh, Double T 97.3. So <clears throat> look forward to uh, the first pitch. Any big ceremonies tomorrow? I mean, there's, there's no banner to raise or sign to unveil or anything like that. Any any dignitary first pitch, you know, tomorrow? I have no knowledge of any no of that, if that, that ex- exists. Okay. Yeah. No fanfare. I mean, the... Coach Tadlock just says, hey, it's just another game. It's just, a, it's just the first one. Yeah. Right? And I bet he's excited about I it. I bet he's excited about it. I think you're excited about it. I am. Yeah, I, think, I sense that. I sense that in you. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. We got answers if you've got a question. All right. Let's not overpromise stuff. Okay. Jamie's got a question. That we know. Well, All right. My question is I'm, I'm going to go Red Raider baseball today. All right. I feel like we've talked a lot of baseball today. Mm-hmm. It's about that time. And I'm going to tell you I want you to pick. Oh, boy. Three most productive Red Raiders during the Tim Tadlock era. Mm. But. You only get one infielder, one outfielder, and one pitcher. Mm-hmm. Who are you taking? Okay. Man alive. 
We've got to get got to get into the history books here. Um, I, I'm I'm going to take Josh Young at third base. Okay. 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 Um, I mean, from a productivity standpoint, and you know, just a result standpoint, I'd be crazy not to take Kurt Wilson. Okay, you're playing him in the outfield. I play. I put him fun. In. You could put Kurt at any of the right, three spots. Right. No. That's so I'm just. Yeah. I'll just. I mean. I mean. Captain Obvious. You know. Josh Young. Oh, Josh Young. You know. Uh, Kurt Wilson. Well, I mean, be- technically, I mean, somewhat production-wise, there are two other people that I can think of infielders that have more production than Josh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now I need a. Now I need a pitcher. <sighs> I'm trying to think of a pitcher that. I always like, man, I really like, you know, Davis Martin comes to mind, but it's a good one. You know, um, I was thinking of that. I was thinking of that um, reliever that threw the ball really, really hard. Um, John McMillan. No, <laughs> that was no, my first thought. Not, not John McMillan. Um, <laughs> the guy kind of before him, he was a transfer. I think he was a threw like a 90 mile an hour fastball. 90's not really hard. Okay, 95. Oh, man. I'll just go with Davis Martin because I can't remember. I think that's a really good – I mean, I think Davis Martin is – I mean, I think that would be top five. Okay. Yeah, in that conversation. I think that's a good one. Okay, I picked a lot of low-hanging fruit there, Jeff. I'm sorry. No, that's that's If we're talking about the most productive, this should be low-hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. This shouldn't Mm -hmm. take just a whole lot of thought. Um, Klein is also kind of who I thought in the outfield. And and because of all the things that he has done across the board for your team, and he played in multiple positions, but he's not really thought of first as an outfield, but I need an outfielder. And I love what he did for your team, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. First base is Goot. That's my infielder. And that, that was the very first name to hit my head in any of these positions. Yeah. I mean, his production is, I mean, basically when you look at the tech record books, now he played an extra year than Mm -hmm. Josh, um, but you look at the tech record books and he's near the top of almost every single one. And technically, Josh had more, or excuse me, Jace had more homers than than Josh did. Okay. Um, Not more RBI, didn't hit for as high as an average, but if you're just looking at homers, Jace had more than Josh. So that those were the two that I was talking about that you could look at and compare yeah. productiv- productivity. Um, and remember, Jace had two and a half seasons, really. Okay. And I love Martin, don't get me wrong, but I'm going to go with your pitcher of the year in Gangry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so my... Martin I, was my favorite of the two, but if I'm picking most... If you win pitcher of the yeah. year, that kind of solidifies you there. Yeah, D- Davis Martin, one of my favorite Red Raider guys ever. And there's no no getting around that. But I go with Stephen Gingrich as well. He was National Pitcher of the Year. Hard to beat that as the pitcher. Um, despite what I just said about Eric Gutierrez, and he, you guys all know what I think of him, oh, yeah. him as a person, I'm taking Josh Young. He's like your son. <laughs> Eric Gutierrez is like your son. I'm not that old, dude. Well, I know, but I mean, well, okay, your little brother. Um, <laughs> He's just a great guy. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, Really fun guy. So um, I would take Josh over there at third base, okay? And um, my outfielder, I mean, you guys might think I'm going total homer pick here, okay? But I'm talking a four-year starter, huge plays throughout his career. I'm going Steven Smith. I'm taking the friendship kid, the bull, 
I mean, four-year starter. I mean, got this thing going where you're going to College World Series. Um, I mean, huge hits in the postseason sure. for you. Sure. I, I mean, just he's, one point was your starting center fielder but most of the time started in right field. Just, um, I mean, both defensively and offensively was just massive for the Red Raiders and was like, man, just, hey, yeah, pencil Steven Smith in there. He's going to go kill it for you. And, uh, no and knows when to put the guns up. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, so actually, I don't think Steven played all four years. I think just three years for Smith, I think. Anyway, starter from the get-go pretty much. Um, that That's my outfielder. Okay. I think Johnny Drodes was who I was trying to come up with. He was not a hard thrower. Okay. He was a funky thrower. He I mean, was like he a bullpen guy, right? No, oh, he was definitely a bullpen guy. Was he a lefty? He started one game in Kansas State, and man, it was miserable. Uh, yes. Okay, I think yes. that's who yes, I was. Yes, he was definitely a lefty. I think, I, I think that's who I was trying to think of. I, okay, whatever, well, he was. For whatever reason, I always liked him. I always, I always liked him. He, he was kind of, great. He kind of soaked up a lot of innings for you, didn't he? No. Uh, yeah, no, he was terrific out of the pen. I mean, yeah. that first College World Series run, man, he was one of the key guys. He was phenomenal. Yeah, that's Johnny, who I was. Johnny to think was awesome, of. and he was a trans. He's a junior college guy. Yeah, that came in here, but not a hard thrower. Okay, well, he he might have maxed out at ninety. You know, when I'm listening yeah. on the radio and I'm I'm mowing my yard and I've it, got my shirt off and I'm listening to you guys, uh, you know, everybody's a hard thrower. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> got, so we're getting some answers here on the chat line. Grant Little um, mm-hmm. is great for the outfielders. Um, you know, th- that's a really good one and a local guy too. Um, l- little young Gingery, um, folks say on the chat line, and that's that's really good. And you can put either young in there, mm-hmm. <laughs> either one. Sure. Of them for How your crazy is that when you think about it? Really. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and 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 then you have Fulford Smith and and uh, Mosley. Uh, somebody says, "Give me all Lubbock uh, production." Um, Gingery, uh, Gutierrez would be my. Infielder. Somebody brings up Micah Dallas. Uh, he was a great pitcher. It's just hard when they when they move on from Who? you. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> no, he was very good for you, no question. <laughs> uh, somebody else had Especially brought up Stephen Smith. So yeah, I I just man, Gabe Holt is a great answer for that too. By the way, that I probably should have thought of Holt in the out as an outfielder. Yeah, yeah, that's a great answer. It feels like I. It feels like Grant Little is probably the right answer in the outfield. I just and and you know what the great part about this is no matter who we pick in the Tadlock era, we're picking a good one. We're talking we're talking about guys that helped you get to Omaha. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not like one has that over the other more. As far as well, he got you to two, or he he never made it there. I mean, mm-hmm. there was a stretch where hardly any players on that played for Tadlock. Now there were guys that were just here for one year that may have come at the wrong time, but there was a stretch where there were hardly any of them that didn't have at least one College World Series ring. Where, where would Parker Mashinsky fall in this? Oh, Parker, man, he was really good. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Especially his last year. Um, Do you his think freshman year? He's he's they had command issues, but for, really good at the end. For this question, he are, just didn't pitch enough because he wasn't a starter. Okay. I mean, he was okay. Yeah. For this question, is it? I I think it'd be fair to say for the infield, you're looking at one of the Youngs and Goot. Is is kind of the end of that conversation? Is the and the pitchers? You've got some really really good ones that have are elevated above everybody else, but there's not like. 50 names there 
Yeah. But the outfield is the most open of this competition. You you haven't had just that dominant. You haven't had a Gutierrez type guy or a Josh Young type guy in the in your outfield. You've had some great defenders out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sure. actually, if you really wanted to go smart here, you'd pick Gutierrez as your outfielder because he started his first game as a Red Raider in right field. You'd pick him as the outfielder and take Josh as the infielder, okay. and then you'd have really killed it. Uh, yeah. What about Hunter Hargrove? Where does he fall in this? Oh, man. Uh, uh, Fourth in the infield? Yeah, he's in the yeah, conversation. But, but you can put him in the outfield too, right? Um, Yes, yes. Early on yeah. as a Red Raider, he played some outfield. Yep. And, Cam. And catcher. Yeah, Cam. How did we go this long without mentioning Cam? Yeah, well, <laughs> um, I guess just because didn't play long enough here, you know, I guess. But awesome numbers, end of his career, no, no doubt. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It's time to get going. Time to build a fireplace in this palatial First United Bank studio that we have. Can we put that request in? <laughs> sure you can. Good. I'd like, wouldn't that be? Yeah, we've been in the building for a year. Let's remodel what? some more. Well, I mean. You can request we've been, we've just been, about anything. Been, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Still waiting for my barbecue grill out back. But, I mean, we got they've got other things that they're working Ooh, on back man. there. Chuck will be barbecuing up for us all the time. Yeah, you know, grill some burgers or some brats or some sausage or some chicken. or. Can we put it down some, by the boss's end? Sure, yeah. yeah. Right. Get it away keep it away from you. I don't want you peeking in my windows, okay. number one. <laughs> okay. I'm okay. not a I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a creeper. Okay? okay. I'm not a peeping Tom, so to speak. And peeping Chuck. And just number two, I just you know, like if we're doing barbecue and it's gonna smell like barbecue, I don't want my office to smell like barbecue. You just I don't think it would permeate the window, I don't think. And if we are barbecuing that's where every all the talkers are going to go. Yes, is where the barbecue is, It'll which is far right away from Jamie as he wants. Right to outside my office door, I'll hear him. I'll guarantee I can hear through the glass. Oh, you hear me talking? I mean, if you two were standing outside my window, yeah. do you think I could hear it? Yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. Look, we know that we we understand, and that's why I said, could we put it down by the boss's end? Sure. If you... <laughs> I mean, we got to put a concrete slab out there anyway when we put yeah. the new tower up. So we're going to have a picnic table out there too. I'm excited about it. Do you want the picnic table outside your window? No, because then you can you hear the, the, the you other can, end. You of can the... hear chatter. No, you can hear, you can hear chatter. Like, Look at Jamie in there being antisocial. He knows we're out here talking. Yeah, he wants you know, he nothing can come to do hang with anybody. Out. Yeah. And then I'll feel guilty. Yeah. He wants nothing to do with anybody. 817 this morning here on the morning drive. Take your thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. We have uh, Friendship Girls basketball in the air for you tonight. It's playoffs, okay? So it's a big deal. They take on Byron Nelson, 6 o'clock from Abilene Cooper. Love it, Cooper Girls tomorrow from Fort Stockton. El Paso Chapin is the opponent tomorrow. That's a 4 o'clock tip. And then the Monterey Girls will, uh, will play tomorrow as well. They tip at uh, 6 o'clock. Of course, everybody's expecting them to cut down nets. I think they got a great chance. They got a great chance, right? Yep. Gotta... All right. So, name, image, and likeness. We know, <laughs> we know to a degree how this has uh, impacted your basketball team, um, and uh, feel like that uh, the football team has, I think, handled it pretty well. Of course, it's a lot less money uh, twenty-five grand a man and twenty-five grand a, a lady on the Lady Raiders and. For the Red Raider a basketball team, it seems like it's it's substantially more than that. And 
You know, it's I guess easy to be critical and say that that's affected this team when you're not inside the the locker room per se and you're not inside the walls. So maybe that's maybe that's a bit unfair. But certainly, name, image, and likeness has impacted college basketball, uh, maybe like no other sport. At least that's what it's that's what it feels like. That's well, what it seems like. Well, it's a huge reason that teams are getting players. Yeah. But so, I mean, seemed, I mean to, it's affected, first and foremost, where they're going. Yeah. And, it seemed, and I don't think anybody could argue that. No, no, no. But I, it seems like, to, I guess to me, it, it feels like that college basketball is impacted more by that than college football. I would agree. You know, you hear the big numbers for the quarterbacks uh, at the various schools, but it just seems like college basketball is where it's been. But And then part of that is because that's where the money has always been going in terms of kind of under the table now it's just legal so it's been the transition to, from illegal to legal has been more seamless in college basketball just kind of looking at it from a 30,000 foot view because it's been going on for a long time okay so coach Tadlock was asked yesterday about the effect of name image and likeness on college baseball and maybe his team especially probably in recruiting more than anything when, when the phone line gets quiet you know, you're talking to a kid and it gets quiet where usually you can carry a conversation and a lot of times, you know, nothing else will make fun of the way I talk, you know. and uh, You know, but when it gets quiet, you know, and you wonder, hey, like they're wanting to know what you have NIL-wise, yeah, that's different. And uh, I don't know if it's good or bad as far as not, it really doesn't matter if I think it's good or bad. It's here. It's probably here to stay. And, um you know, we've had guys that, you know, I think the original way we were going to use NIL, we've had some guys benefit from that. Um, but, you know, it, it's uh, old saying about probably not making decisions solely based on money probably rings true more than ever. And, you know, if you can get kids to understand, you know, you're going to do what's best for them day in, day out. And along the way, educate them on the value of their degree over their lifetime and that's really why you go to college and the experience of college I mean you're not it's not all about I mean most of those kids I would say probably don't have that those dollars when the college is over and you know you're trying to educate them on what's best for them and uh, if it does come our way we're, we're gonna more than anything you're just trying to uh, make it where college baseballs, you know, take care of, if that makes sense. You know, you start talking about all these guys, our guys are on, you know, partial scholarships for the most part. So anything that our guys get to help with that, they appreciate. There's a, a lot of wise words there uh, by, by Coach Tadlock and a lot of just common sense thinking. I mean, the the first that stood out to me was just the, basically not taking a job for money, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that there's a whole lot more to it than that. And then the value of a college education and the college experience, because I think those go hand in hand. You know, it's, it's getting your diploma per se, but then I think it's the experiences that go with that. The You build lifelong friends or you, you have these experiences, you you kind of have trial and error, or you make mistakes and you can still dust yourself off and it's not just just real critical where you can never overcome it yeah and his comments about you know guys are getting big money and then they get out of college and they're not getting that big money i don't think he's referring to college baseball i think he's referring to 
other sports. Mm-hmm. And I think he's, it sounds to me like he's saying, and, and kind of de- hopes that that doesn't happen with college baseball. Um, and then the, the part about, I, th- I think is the, the biggest part is that the end there, I mean, those guys are not on full scholarships. Those guys are not getting all the extra addeds. And we understand why that football and basketball makes money and the other sports do not. Okay. Um, and it, it is what it is. Okay. It is what it is. But, um, it, I, I, I would eventually think that it is going to, and I know last year there were a couple of guys, I'll, I'll speak specifically, I can remember Stillwell had some deal with a barbecue sauce place. I don't know how big or small the barbecue sauce place was. I don't know what he got. I know Parker Kelly was rocking some boots uh, that was given to him through an NIL deal, and I think he was um, tweeting out about how much he loved his boots or whatever. These are things that, that I can uh, I can remember from last year, and there may have been a few. Uh, Dylan Carter, I think, is is, uh, is doing something with one of the back companies. Okay, so uh, all of these things, I mean, are just small deals, and um, I, I just that college baseball players are having, or their parents are having to pay for them to compete for Texas Tech or any university, right? Mm-hmm. And it's been very, like that very, very rare is a college player, a college baseball player on a full ride. Very rare, okay? Um, I've never known for any Texas Tech player to be on a full ride, okay? It feels different to me that when you know that kid and his family have skins in the game, they are paying for him to compete for our university and represent our school in that program. Now you compare that to another kid that only came here because we gave him 300 grand or 400 grand or even a hundred grand or 50 grand or 25 grand, whatever, whatever. The okay. That's why he came here because we offered him. That's to me. I feel different about those two guys or girls or whatever. That feels different to me. Now I think college baseball will end up these guys start getting more. At the very least, I hope it leads to, hey, here's here's the your NIL deal. Your education's free. You know, your room and board is free. Whatever. Yeah. To get to that point seems like it would be phenomenal, right? Mm-hmm. But I, that still feels like, and I'm not trying to be naive here because I know some of it's going on, college baseball still feels like college athletics to me. College basketball does not. Uh, it's it's fair. That's a fair comment, and you could make the same comment with regard to track as well. Because yeah, or or what a bunch of different. Well, sports. you know, for the most part, I think a lot of the golfers are on full rides, and, and okay, okay, that's fair. But you yeah, know, this, this but volleyball push. kids aren't yeah. all on full rides. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different yeah. sports. I don't. I'm not saying it's just baseball. No, no, I know. And you know, I would tell you that I think we've reached a point in time with all this money that's available. Uh, and easy for me to say that I think every kid that competes should, at the bare minimum, have their school and their books or their however that works now paid for. This has been the Morning Drive podcast presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.